Recording in progress. Thank you all so much for joining me. Before I begin, I need to pray. Father God, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. We thank you so much for being full-time in our life. We ask that you please fill us up with your Holy Spirit. Allow us to be led by your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling me up. I pray that you allow me to minister grace to the hearer. Let me minister what is edifying to the hearer and give hope to people that are lost. God, just let us retain your word today. Let it um, marinate in our hearts. Allow us to implement what we need to in order for us to be victorious in righteousness. Father God, we just ask that you please remove the barriers and obstacles out of our lives, God. Please allow us to live from glory to glory to glory and breakthrough to breakthrough to breakthrough, Father God. Allow our lives to be um, exemplified through your plan, will, and purpose. God, please orchestrate what needs to be orchestrated in our lives so that we can fulfill your plan, will, and purpose through our, through our obedience and allegiance to you, Lord. Most importantly, God, we want your will to be done. We thank you so much for dying on the cross for us so that we can have life and have it more abundantly. Allow us to understand your word and, and the principles that you have inspired us through your word. Allow us to be obedient and have favor in every situation and circumstance. For we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of the rulers of the darkness of this world. And therefore, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we bind and cast down spiritual wickedness in high places and we render them harmless and ineffective against us. Father God, we redeem your assignment upon our life. We, we lay every burden, concern and obstacles at your throne of grace, God, and we leave it there for you to handle. For you say that your burden is easy, your, your burden is easy and your yoke is light. So we give our concerns and problems to you, Lord, and we just ask that you pivot us exactly where we need to be in order for us to be victorious. God, allow us to have revelation and understanding of your word. Let us see things through your eyes and not our own and hear through your ears so that we can understand things from your perspective and not our own. Do not allow us to follow any deceiving spirit, God. Convict our hearts for anything that displeases you and replace it with those things that is obedient and favorable to you, God. So we just thank you right now for everything that you've done, even the things that we don't know that you have done for us, God. We give you glory, praise, and honor. But most importantly, Lord, we would like for your will to be done. We attach our inspiration to you. Our confidence is attached to you. Our love is attached to you, Lord. We attach ourselves to the Holy Spirit, attach ourselves to the blessings that you have for us, God. For you said in your word that the, the seed has been given to the sower, God. So allow us every every each and every person to understand what it means to sow into your kingdom, Lord. And so we just ask that you please allow our hearts to be softened and melted for you so that we can receive your word in a way that we can implement it and influence those that we encounter. God, allow your Holy Spirit to be greater and, and dominate in every place that we go, every person that we meet. Father God, let the Holy Spirit inside of us dominate every single spirit, every single thing in this world. So God, we thank you right now. We, our identity is attached to you. We love you. And we thank you so much for giving us your word. And we just pray that you please, once again, allow your will to manifest, that you pivot and orchestrate what needs to be orchestrated in our lives so that we can fulfill your plan, will, and purpose. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is still in your blood. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining me today on Laws, Life, and Health. Let's talk about it. Um, I know that kind of that was kind of like a lengthy prayer, probably because see, yesterday I did not um, do my podcast, so I kind of missed you all yesterday. 
my son he, he did come back home so we have been spending family time and um just doing some catching up on a few things setting some goals and different things like that so um i apologize about missing you all and so I, i'm not going to get into the habit of doing that i just wanted to let you all know um so there are some small changes that's taking the place of around my house again um so some housekeeping rules first if you have any questions please go ahead and put them in the um the q a if you're uh if you're attending via zoom webinar if you have any questions via any of the audio apps such as like uh, iHeartRadio, uh, Alexa, Podbean, any of those apps, please be sure to put your comments in the um, comment section. I can see them there and I'll respond to you there. So um, if you have a prayer request at all, please send me your prayer request to lawslifehealth at suddenchangescorporation.org. If you want to suggest a topic, you can send that email directly to me to Deanna Watson at suddenchangescorporation.org. If you needed to complete like community service or you wanted to complete like an internship for school or college credit, um, please send me an email at info at suddenchangescorporation.org. So I wanted to sort of dive deep into the word today. So let me go ahead and uh, share my screen. All right. Share the screen. Okay. Okay, so um, on Friday, I talked about just, um, you know, planting a seed in, in, in Matthew chapter 15, verses 11 through 20, how your mouth um, can defile you. So um, it, it isn't what, uh, let's look at that scripture again. So go to Matthew chapter 15, verses 11 through 20. And so it says, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them. But what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. So what I was suggesting was, based off of this scripture here, that God wants us to understand it's not really what you eat that causes you to get sick. It's what's already on the inside of you that you have to make sure that you're, you know, uh, aligning with God's will and God's plan in your life. Otherwise, what's inside of you is defiling you. So it's important to make sure that you get cleansed out from the inside out and not focus on too much of what's going um, externally on the inside of you, what you're consuming. So the food that you eat is not really uh, defiling you. It's what's inside of you already. So, for instance, if you think that you could, like, eat a full-course meal and then lay down and sleep, you know, it's your attitude, your mindset, your thinking process, right? So um, it's important to understand the way that your thoughts and your mindset is affecting your decision-making skills and how it is negatively impacting your overall life and your ability to be able to thrive or not thrive into society. So when you have a thought about something, I always say, look, explain your thoughts to me, okay? Because I'm, I would like to understand your mind. So I don't make assumptions. And I don't make those assumptions simply because I would like to understand what your position is and where you're coming from, right? So um, discernment gives us the ability to kind of like already know what is um, happening in the situation through our experience and through the power of the Holy Spirit. The 
And those things.
Okay, I'm just trying to fix this charger. See if I can get this working. Okay, there we go. All right, so um, pull up this. Okay, so I actually am talking about. I'm talking about so much stuff. I'm talking about how um, the spiritual realm can be, you know, um, accessed through your self-driven goals, how um, the spiritual realm also um, impacts your perspective, how evolution, reincarnation, and interdimensional uh, traveling can impact relationships also in with emotional damage and how that is impacting your life so just human choices versus god is so much discussion right and i want to just be able to make sure that i'm giving out like the right information and i'm completely being led by the holy spirit and so what i've been doing actually is just kind of like giving myself time to like just listen to the word of god through the audio app and also just making myself available to God in a way where I can just communicate with God, listen to certain scriptures and be able to just hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in a way where I could just, I know what I need to write about. And um, so this is important um, because I take a high rate of ownership and accountability when I am doing things okay specifically when i am writing about things that's very important i want to make sure that i'm conveying the right type of message and i am not being self-motivated at all so it's just with me coming from an authentic place spiritually and me being able to address how religion impacts your belief system how interdimensional uh, traveling impacts the lives of some people who also some that believe in reincarnation, Scientology, and all of those different aspects. So it's like the audience of who I am trying to reach, I want to make sure that I'm um, being able to collectively gather enough information from the Holy Spirit and the Word of God in order to be able to provide a, a thorough uh, analysis of the different experiences and how our choices are impacting our relationship with God. And so that is basically what the book is about. And so I I just been kind of like, I don't know. I just taken a while um to try to get this completed, but I am gonna try to get it done. So um just be patient with me. I am going through like a transformational process too. So just wanted to let you all know that. Now we have um uh okay, so I left off on do some journaling, exercising, walking, and getting some sunlight. So um, how being idle is not going to allow you to have, um, it's not going to allow you to have focus, right? So having too much time not to do anything can actually cause you to have disruptive type of behavior that isn't going to be um, inclusive to the actual goals and plans that God has for your life. So if we go to 1 Timothy, I want to go to 1 Timothy um, chapter 5, verse 13. So I'm going to be looking at some different scriptures than what I did look at um, last week. 
And so, let's see here. Okay, so in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 13, I'm just waiting on that to come up. If it doesn't, okay. So it says, besides, they get into the habit of being idle and going about from house to house. And not only do they become idlers, but also busybodies who talk nonsense, saying things they are not to say. So let's kind of look at this entire chapter here. So I was on um, verse 13. And um, let's let's go look at verse 11 through verse 14. It says, as for younger widows. So it's talking about widows here. It's talking about widows, elders, and slaves. This is what this, um, this chapter is discussing. So if we start at verse 11, as for younger widows, do not put them on such a list. For when their sensual desires overcome their dedication to Christ, they want to marry. Thus, they bring judgment on themselves because they have broken their first pledge. Besides, they get into the habit of being idle and going about from house to house. And not only do they become idlers, but also busybodies who talks nonsense, saying things they are not to say. So I counsel younger widows to marry, to have children, to manage their homes, and to give the enemy no opportunity for slander. Some have, in fact, already turned away to follow Satan. And so what this is saying here is that God doesn't want us to be idle, specifically those widow widows, um, because they have the time available to slander people. They have time available to gossip. They have time available to do all of these things when God does not want anyone doing those things. Okay. He doesn't want us slandering. So when you are making yourself available for gossip and you're making yourself available to be jealous of someone or to slander other people, you're making time to practice in the things that is not godly, the things that God does not want you to do. So it is better to make yourself available to pray for people, to hear the voice of the Lord, to read the word of God, to meditate on the word to do like maybe do some exercising, do some um, different, you know, do some reading to improve your mental strength, right? These are the things that God wants us to do. He doesn't want us to be idle, focusing on things and making ourselves available to idleness in a way where we're going around just being busy at other people's homes and being busy on the phone and being busy and available to covet after other people or to you know be jealous of them or to you know just do the things that god does not want us to do so we should not be a part of that lifestyle we should not be trying to practice in those type of things god doesn't want us doing those things so we should um try to make sure that we're doing things in a way where it pleases god and so that is something that we shouldn't be doing now um now we can understand why we shouldn't not be available for those type of discussions. So if you find yourself in a situation where you just like, see, sometimes I found myself getting involved in a conversation that I did not intend. Like, okay, well, why did you call me about that? Because I don't have anything to do with that. Would you like to pray about this? You know, like, what would you like to do? Because sometimes you just have to reaffirm to people that God 
wants us to be a certain way. So if you constantly constantly engaging in certain things that is not pleasing to God, eventually God is just going to let certain things happen. For instance, with you gossiping or slandering another person, now you might get involved in a conversation where you said something that you never said or somebody lied on you and said you said this and you didn't say this. And so now your name is involved into something because now they want to say you're being messy about this and you're being messy about that. So don't do that. Just don't get yourself involved in those type of conversations. And if you find yourself liking those type of things, that's when you have to analyze yourself internally and say, you know, that's not something that I really want to be involved in. Um, for me, I... I do not have no type of support for gossip or slander. If I feel something about somebody, I will call them. We will have a conversation. I will love to address that person about whatever it is that I'm feeling. I don't address other people and slander people or talk about them behind their back. If I have something to say, I will. De you definitely will hear from me. And um, you won't have to hear from someone else saying that I said anything. So it's important for us to be mature in our walk with God so that, you know, we could just be improving in areas. For instance, like I, I want to try to improve in some area of my life every single day. And so improvement is so important. But you can't have improvement if you don't have vulnerability. You have to be willing to accept the fact that you're wrong about something that you need to improve in the area. You have to identify the problems in order for you to reach the improvement level. You identify those things. And if you don't identify those things, how can you make adjustments when you haven't identified the problem? So it's important to understand that. In order to make changes in your life, you need to identify the things that need to be improved in your life. And so now with me, I'm going here to, um, let's go to, um, so now I'm going to go to Hebrews chapter 6, verses 11 through 12. So this says, we want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized we do not want you to become lazy but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised so everyone is not going to inherit god's promises right god has special promises for his children um for instance let's look at let's look at um i want to look here for for a moment Let's look in the Strong's Concordance. And I actually have been looking over this past weekend. I've been looking at a different Strong's Concordance because I noticed that there are some like um, issues with using strongsconcordance.org that I'm not really too fond of. And so, um, they yes, they do have great information, but I actually am preferring to use a different concordance because it allows me to be able to research every single thing that I need and I don't I just don't like having to be inconvenienced um when I'm utilizing my time productively and so in order to minimize that I need to make sure that I'm using the correct type of concordance that can allow me to do research in a way that is effective and also efficient and so I wanted to try to see if um Wait, just give me one moment here. I wanted to pull up 
uh, some information. See if I could pull this one up. Okay, just give me one second here. I'm trying to find the one that I use on my phone because I've been had it downloaded. And, um, so I think it is. I'm not sure if this is it either, but I was, I have been trying to find it. Let me see if this is it. I'm not sure. So let's see. Okay. So let's look here. Maybe it'll give me a way. See, it doesn't even tell me here. I was just, oh. Okay, so until I find the exact one, I'm just going to use the Shonson Cordings that I have here um, because it's different with me using the actual, um, the desktop, the laptop compared to me using my cell phone because I have the Shonson Cordings on my cell phone, but it's different from the one that's online. And so I, I need to try to find the one that I have on my phone and find it online. So instead, um, what I'll do is just I'll look through the Strong's Concordance tonight, strongsconcordance.org. And um, but going forward, I am going to be transitioning over to a different concordance. And so uh, let's look here. Promise. Hold on a second. I was on Hebrews. And so we're going to look at, so in order to analyze the Strong's Concordance, I just have to give you all this um, information. So the Strong's Concordance, basically, it allows us to understand the Bible from the Hebrew scrolls, which is in the Old Testament, and the Greek, which is in the New Testament. In order for us to be able to analyze it through utilizing strongsconcordance.org, we have to input the information that is inputted from the king james version of the bible the reason is because the king james version closely uh resembles the king the hebrew scrolls which is in the old testament and the greek which is in the new testament and so whenever you're trying to find a word in the strong concordance it's basically like the bible dictionary okay and so you put the word into the strong concordance and it'll pull up each time that word was mentioned so for instance we were looking at hebrews chapter 6 verse 11 through 12. it says and 
We desire that every one of you do shew the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So let's look at this word promises in the Strong's Concordance. Okay. And so it tells us specifically each time the, the word promises was used in a verse, in a Bible verse, okay? So it was used 13 times throughout the entire Bible. It does have two different type of meanings, okay? Um, and it has different, two different, um, it has multiple strong numbers. No, it has two different types of strong numbers. And so since we're looking in the book of Hebrew chapter 6, we're going to look here, Hebrews 6, verse 12, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And so since this word, it does not have a strong number attached. It has an asterisk, which actually attempts to give us more information. So it's taking me to a new web, uh, website, but it's still attached to the same um, pretty much website. So Hebrew... Um, the book of Hebrews is in the New Testament, and so that will be written in Greek. And so in order for us to understand the Hebrew word, let's look here, some commentaries. So that's the word faith, but I, re I really would like to do is look at the word, um, look at the word promises in Greek. Okay, so we have the word promises that I found on Bible Hub. It is pronounced epigalma. 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 It's spelled E P A G G E L M A. It is um, a promise. And so what it means is God's promises focuses on the results. Okay, so it is the results. God's promise is the results. That is what it means. And so when we look at the Hebrew Bible again, we can understand that when it says here, but ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So inheriting the promises is inheriting the results of what God has planned for us. So let me go back to the Strong's Concordance for, for a moment. Now, the Bible is comprised comprised of two testaments the old and the new testament there are 66 books in the bible the old testament is from the books of genesis through the books of malachi and they all are written in hebrew scrolls um the first five books of the bible um it is genesis exodus leviticus numbers deuteronomy that is considered the torah or the law and so that is the law that god made right and so when we look at the New Testament, it starts from the book of Matthew on to the book of Revelation. And so the first four books of the New Testament is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so those are considered the Gospels. It talks about the life of Jesus and what he did while he was here on earth. And so there was a silent period from the time of the Old Testament, from the book of Malachi until the book of Matthew. And so that was about a 400 year silent period where God didn't speak to anybody on earth, okay, for 400 years. And so what happened here is that um, when you're analyzing 
the the law and also the life of jesus through the gospels it's so important to be able to understand that yes there were different people who wrote the gospels which is matthew mark luke and john and we can see that there are going to be different interpretations of what was saying so you have to understand that they are overlapping and they're interchangeably so they're going to give some similar events to what they saw take place and so what's really important is to understand that the bible is inspired by god and so in the beginning in john 1 and 1 it says in the beginning was the word the word was with god and the word was god so we understand that when we are reading the word of god we are giving god access to us we are allowing god to be present so that is amazing that's so we want to understand the life of jesus because jesus was 100 man and 100 god so when he was manifested here on earth he was 100 man and also 100 god some people they confuse um jesus for just being like a separate entity even though when we think of the holy spirit um and the holy trinity the holy trinity was not mentioned in the bible but it mentions the father the son and the holy spirit so the father is god the son is jesus christ and the holy spirit is all a part of the trinity and so when you understand how the trinity works the the head of every man if we look in first corinthians chapter 11 and 3 it says but i want you to realize that the head of every man is christ and the head of every woman is man and the head of christ is god so we see that god is the head of christ right and um in the bible it also talks about the father and i are one which is saying that jesus christ and god is one and we can compare this oneness to the same way as a father leaves his mother and i'm sorry a man leaves his father and, and mother is and united into his wife and the two become one flesh it is the same so god manifested into the flesh and he was 100 man and 100 god and so with that we understand that god is the head of christ and the holy spirit is after jesus christ and so when jesus christ was crucified on the cross he resurrected after the third day right so he actually was just came alive and he was here on earth for 40 days and so after that he was like congregating and talking to his disciples about you know going to spread the word and spread the gospel and um so he was here for 40 days and he ascended into heaven. He went up to heaven after those 40 days. After that, 10 days later, he sent down the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit descended onto the uh, disciples, right? And so they became drunken with the Holy Ghost, okay? And so that is considered 50. And the, the 50th day is basically 40 days Jesus was on earth. 10 days he sent the Holy Spirit. That is considered 50, which is... The day of Pentecost. So the day of Pentecost means 50. All right. Um, and so this is 
why we have access to the Holy Spirit is because Jesus had to ascend and then he descended the Holy Spirit upon us. So we have access. We can authorize the Holy Spirit to have dominion and dominate our life. So we're having access to the Holy Spirit in order to get through to through to the Father, which is God, we have to go through Jesus Christ. And so we should be equipped with the Holy Spirit because if you have the Holy Spirit, you're going to have a con direct connection with God. And so you have a direct connection through Jesus Christ. And so um, that allows us to also have access to God. And just being able to understand that collectively, you just have to get into the word and start reading and understanding what the word of God says. But what we do understand is the strong concordance allows us to understand the word of God in such a way that we can comprehend what the word is saying in the Hebrew scrolls, which is in the Old Testament, and also in Greek, which is in the New Testament. So it allows us to understand the Torah and it allows us to understand the, the gospels. And so that is just so important and so awesome to, you know, be able to have access to. So moving forward, um, going back to Hebrews chapter six, verse 11 and 12. So God wants us to imitate. I want to go back to the NIV version. So God wants us to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. So when we look at some of the promises of God, we can look at, um, let's look at Isaiah 41 and 10. Let's look there. So you're going to turn to Isaiah 41 and 10. And it says, um, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteousness, with my righteous right hand. And so God does not want us to be afraid of anything, right? Because he is with us. So whenever you're going through something in your life, don't feel like you are alone because you are not alone. God is with you. God protects. okay son i'm sorry about that that was my son talking so um basically we don't have to be afraid of anything because god is with us right and so when you're going through an experience or something going on in your life and you just feel like no one is there just understand that god is with you when you feel like you were alone during going through a divorce God is with you when you feel like you lost your job and you didn't have any support system or anyone there to help sort of keep you, you know, going. God is still with you. We just have to invite God into our hearts and invite God into our life. God gives us access to the Holy Spirit and this allows us to have victory. God strengthens us. Okay, God always strengthens us. So, if we look at Isaiah 26 and 3, let's look at another um, promise that God has for us. So it says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust you. So God gives us perfect peace because we trust in God. 
So it doesn't matter like what type of situation that you're going through or what it is, right? God gives you perfect peace when you trust him. So it's like, okay, my trust in God has given me the ability not to worry and not to stress out. What will happen will happen. The inevitable will take place, right? So if you, you are destined for greatness, God has blessed you. God has given you promises. He said, do not be afraid. I am with you. What more do you need? God has given us all of the tools that we need in order for us to be victorious in life. So if we look here, on the, let's look at the King James Version. It says, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. So if your mind is stayed on God, let's look at this in the concordance. Let's look at mind in the, in the concordance. And so we are on um, Isaiah 26 and 3. And so this is going to be in the Old Testament. So this is written in uh, Hebrew. Okay. Because remember the Old Testament is always in Hebrew. So let's go back here. I'm, I did not mean to click on that. Okay. So Isaiah 26 and 3. So the word, the word, um, mind have been mentioned in the Bible 92 times. Okay, it has it has uh 27 different meanings. All right. And so let's look at here. The word mind in um Isaiah 26 and 3 is Strong's number 3336, which means yester. Yester. It means a figuratively conception, purpose to frame to think frame imagination your mind at work so this is conception so your your thoughts conceive things in your mind it's the conception conception is birth in the mind as a man think it so is he right and so we understand that if we allow ourselves to trust God, so let's look at this word, trusted. Trusted means complete dependence, but I like to see what the concordance say about it. So let's look here. Look at trusted. And we also gonna go back to It doesn't, I don't see Isaiah here. Oh, okay. Yes, I do. I'm sorry about that. So the word trusted is in the Bible 17 different times and it has three different meanings. Okay. And so this word trusted is Strong's number 982. Since it's in Hebrew, it is 982 and it is pronounced batak. Batak. It means to properly, to hide for refuge, but not so precipitately um but figuratively to trust to uh be confident or sure to be bold confident secure and sure um to have confidence to put confidence make to have hope put make to trust so that is what 
the word trusted mean? So we should have hope, confidence, refuge, and security. That's what we should have in God. God wants us to have all of these things in him. And so that's another reason why I just pray, you know, we should have our confidence attached to God. Our hope is attached to God. So don't put your trust in a job being able to allow you to lose your house or keep your house. Put your trust in God and know that God is going to be the one that supply your needs for you. Yes, you have a job, but the job or you keeping that job or losing that job isn't the, the last indication of God's promise in your life. Because God will open up doors. God will send people in your life to help you. God will create opportunities for you to walk straight in. So don't limit God's ability with your lack of trust in him. Because God is unlimited. We have unlimited access to whatever it is that we need. But don't, don't forget that that unlimited access is also going to come with a set of barriers. It's going to come with a set of obstacles to try to convince you to have doubt and unbelief and to get your, your, your faith turned over to having that doubt. You know, so don't allow the barriers and obstacles to influence your mind in a way where you don't trust God. Know and trust that God is going to do exactly what he says he's going to do. We have unlimited access with God. But that doesn't mean that it isn't going to be accompanied with uh, like barriers. These problems are going to incur. It's inevitable. But the, the thing that God wants us to do is he wants us to just be prepared for what is to come. We need to be prepared. And we, we, be, we can be prepared and rest assured that God is going to supply our needs because we know that we could trust him. We have hope in God. We have faith in him. He's not going to fail us. God creates the opportunity. God does what he says he's going to do. He's going to support us. He's going to be there for us exactly the way that he says he's going to do it. So when we can trust God and, you know, become less dependent on people, that's when we can see power being generated in our life. Unlimited type of power. This unlimited power comes from what's, in, what's inside of you already. It's like you walk with the authority of Christ. I walk with the authority. I talk with authority. I have the authority that God has given me. I have the authority of prayer. I speak it. It is bound on earth and then it's bound in heaven. I believe it. I believe in God. I believe in his promises. So going forward, um, let's look at uh, Proverbs 6, verses 6 through 8. Proverbs 6, verses 6 through 8. Okay. So um, it says, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its way and be wise. It has no commander no overseer or ruler yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest this scripture right here is just so powerful to me and the, and the reason why 
the reason why this scripture is powerful is because it talks about how the ants is storing up what it need all the way up in the summertime. An ant is prepared for what is going to take place in the summer. So during the cold months, all of this time, the ant is prepared for what's to come. It gathers all the food that it needs, all the food supply is going to be ready in the summertime. So the ant not going to need no food. So if an ant can go and do all of this without having a ruler or a commander, an ant just automatically know to go and get the food that it needs. The ant is going to automatically go and do that. So it has no commander. Now, uh, depending on like, you know, if the if the ant is, is collect, you know, like in a tribe or something like that, it's different. But we're talking about just one ant. An ant is going to be able to have everything that it needs prepared ahead of time. So if an ant can do these things, like the Bible says here in Proverbs 6 and 6 through 8, if the ant can do this, we can do this. We have dominion over these animals. We have dominion. We have power. So God has given this to us. So I want to talk about, um, so, uh, me and my son, we was actually reading some, uh, scriptures yesterday. We had a uh, Bible study and stuff. And so I wanted to go over this scripture that we was looking at. Um, we were in the book of Matthew. So I want to go to Matthew. I know this is kind of, it's not off topic. It's still this. It's still similar to um, Proverbs six, six, and eight. So I want to go to Matthew um, chapter uh, one and two because I don't remember the exact verse. And so um, here, let's look at. We were looking at the genealogy of Jesus, and so uh, King Herod he had sent over. Um, let me see. Let me go here. Okay, the Maggie visit the Messiah. And so I'm on chapter two. That's what we were. We were, we were on Matthew chapter two. And um, so Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. And during the time of King Herod, Magi, the, the east, um, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where's the one who has been born king of Jews? We saw his star when he rose and have come to worship us and have come to worship him. So Magi, let's look at this word Magi in the uh, Strong's Concordance. So the, the word Magi, it means wise men. So that's what it should say here. The word Magi means wise men. And this is so interesting. When I tell you, when I tell you, let's look at this. And um, I forgot, I need to look at it from the uh king james bible so let me look at it from king james it should just say wise men on the king james so let me go there i just want to be sure that i'm doing it 
doing it right here okay so this says um behold there came wise men so we're gonna we're gonna look it up in the concordance as wise men and when you look when i we look this up this is so interesting when i tell you this is some interesting stuff here this is really interesting yes it is very very interesting um so i'm look up wise men let me go back to the strong concordance actually let me let me i'll pull it up on on this side here okay Wise men in Greek. See, this isn't this this doesn't give me the concordance definition. I'm trying to get there. And so, like I said, the strongsoncordance.org, it works when it wants to. And so, it isn't allowing me to. I'm going to try again. Now, I just tried three different ones here. Hold, hold, hold on one second. Hold on one second, please. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry about that. My son was talking to me. Okay, so when I go to the strong concordance here, I type in wise men. It's the page is not working now on even on Chrome. So let's see if it works on uh see if it works on Firefox. Okay. Okay, doesn't look like it wants to work there. It's just a blank screen. So I'm going to try it again on Internet Explorer. it up okay so it's not it's not coming up the word wise man is not coming up at all so let's see if i type in another word if it, it comes up so i typed in the word christian so the word christian comes up let's see 
that came up on Internet Explorer. So now I'm on Firefox. Let's see if the word Christian comes up here. That's why I use Zoom. So everything is right here for you to review. Um, so the word Christian comes up and on Firefox. Let's look on Chrome and see what happens. So the word Christian, it also comes up on the Strong's Concordance. All right, let's look up a different word. We're going to look up the word perfect on the Strong's Concordance on Internet Explorer. So that comes up. All right. So the word perfect, let's try this on Firefox. The word perfect comes up. See there? Comes up on Firefox. See if it comes up on Chrome. So the word perfect does come up. Let's look at this word wise men again. Let's see if it comes up. If it doesn't, I'm going to leave it alone. Okay, it doesn't come up on Internet Explorer. It doesn't come up on Firefox. And it doesn't come up on Chrome. All right, so I'm just going to type in the word wise men on um, wise men in um, Greek. Because Greek is in the New Testament. Okay, so I can't I can't find it, but I'm going to look here on my cell phone because I know what it says on my phone. So I'm going to type in wise men here. And I'm going to go to the book of Matthew because it's it's I scroll all the way down to the book of Matthew. And I apologize for spending a little bit too much time on this. I just kind of wanted to be sure that I'm providing you all with the accurate information. And so, um, here we go. So hopefully you all can see this here. This is the Strong's Concordance and this is what it means. Okay. It means foreign origin. It is Greek word G3097. The transliteration, the, the exact word is magos. Um, it means foreign origin. So the Hebrew word for it is H7248, a Magian that is Oriental scientist. By implication, a magician, a sorcerer, wise man. I was so shocked, actually. Like, I wasn't even really shocked, okay? But let me pull up this information. So I'm gonna put up um Strong's uh Greek number um G3097 G0397 and H7248. 
Here we go. So, this is Matthew 2 and 1. As you can see, wise men, wise men in Matthew 2 and 1. It's six different occurrences of this been mentioned in the Bible. Matthew 2 and 1, Matthew 2 and 7, Matthew 2 and 16, Acts 13 and 6, Acts 13 and 8. All right. And so what this means is sorcerer, a magian, or oriental scientist by implication, a magician. Um, it was derived derivation of a foreign origin. So it this means a uh, sage, right? Um, let's look at the Hebrew word for it. Pull up it. It's, the Hebrew word is H7248. Babylonian official. Um, it means, hold on one second. It means uh, oriental scientist. So, soothsayer, a soothsayer, magician, a chief soothsayer, a chief of princes, an official of Babylonia, um, a foreign word for Magian, um, soothsayer, okay? So, when we look at these words, a soothsayer, is someone who can actually just be like a smooth talker, a smooth talker. We see that the wise man is a oriental scientist. So look, 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 listen, listen here, listen here. I'm going to go back to this other scripture, but I wanted to point this out. This is uh, Sean's number H, um, H7248. So when we look at this oriental sciences, right, um, Greek dictionary, let's look at here. Oriental scientists, Magos, the name given by the Babylonians, Chaldeans, um, Persians, and others to the wise men, teachers, priests, physicians, astrologers, seers, interpreters of dreams, augurs, soothsayers sorcerers etc the oriental wise men astrologers who have discovered by the rising of a remarkable star that the messiah had just been born came to jerusalem to worship him okay um magos right astrologer magician um so we see that uh let's look at an oriental let's look at oriental sciences Look at this. Orient, what is the oriental scientist here? So it says, famous scientists, scientists, scientists from uh, Japan, from Asia. Um, that's according to the dictionary. So, but when we look here, now we can't negate what the what the what the Hebrew 
and what the Greek is saying. So we need to go back to the Greek 3097. Wise men is an oriental scientist. That's what a wise men are. Oriental scientists that are soothsayers, sorcerers, magicians, and, and wizards. So they basically can be able to talk smooth. They try to speak with intelligence, but they are really not intelligent. And so I wanted to go back to this scripture here. Let me go back to this scripture. Okay. So going back to this scripture, when we go to Isaiah 26 and 3. No, not Isaiah 26 and 3. We're going to Proverbs 6 and 6. And it tells us here. Proverbs 6 and 6 says, go to the ants, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. Now, when we look at this scripture in Matthew 2 and 1, the wise men are soothsayers. They are oriental scientists. They are also sorcerers. Let's look at sorcerer in the Strong's Concordance. So we we're gonna look this in the um the concordance here. Okay. One who practices sorcery, a wizard. Um, originally one who casts lots, one who divines or interprets by casting the lots, or hence one who uses magic arts and divination. Or for other ends. A wizard, an enchanter, a conjurer. Right? That is according to the dictionary. A person who practices sorcery. But when we look at the... Um, let's look at this in Hebrew and Greek. So sorcerer in um, Hebrew is, is Strong's number... Three seven eight six. It is pronounced cash off. Cash off. It means sorcerer. Um. It also what it um the actual meaning is magician or sorcerer. So somebody that's casting these uh enchants and they're speaking from um like a smooth way. They talk in such a smooth way but here it also says um that that was just really something else that i wanted to i wanted to mention another thing um so a a sorcerer could also be cunning right so when they are cunning, they, they talk like they are wise. These wise men are 
false prophets. They are soothsayers. They can speak with, they try to speak with a cunning type of uh, language. And so when we're looking at Matthew 2, yes, they wanted to come and worship Jesus and do all of those things. But we see that there is a negative um, annotation that is associated with wise men. And we see this throughout the entire Bible. Okay. So we go back to Proverbs 6 and 6. Yes, a ant, a ant is wise because an ant can store up provisions and what it needs by the summertime is going to be ready. But if we go around and we are calling ourselves wise, and that's not, God doesn't look at it as being wise. And here's why. There's another scripture that talks about this. Um, so that is, um, let's go to 1 Corinthians 3.18. Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. This is in the Bible. So when you hear people say things like this, it wasn't Einstein that came up with this. This is written in our Bible. Some people say, well, Einstein said it. Well, Einstein got it from the Bible, okay? Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. So you, you cannot be, you cannot be wise if you didn't become a fool. So a fool is someone with a lack of knowledge, a lack of wisdom, a lack of spiritual common sense, and a lack of common sense. And so when we look at the Bible and it says, here, let's go back here. You go to Hosea um, 4 and 6, it says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. That thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. So God does not want us to... Hold on to the wisdom of this age. So let me give you the um ex exact saying that um Einstein said. Because he didn't say um this. Hold on.
I actually think I saved it. One second. One moment, everybody. That's not it. Okay. Uh, hold on. I'm trying to find this. Save it on my phone. Let's see. Hold on one second. No, I got it somewhere in here. So I just took a I think I took a screenshot of it.
Okay, so I don't have the the proof to show that that's what I was reading, but I did um find that Einstein quote somewhere on LinkedIn, okay? Um where it talks about him saying that in order to become wise, you have to become a fool. But um really in actuality this is a Bible verse. And so I just wanted to make sure that that is clear and it is um it is something that is in the bible okay so looking at the ant the ant can produce all of these different things and it can it actually does store up provisions for itself
They do not sow or reap or, or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? So you have to consider yourself to be valuable. You are valuable. You don't depend on this worldly knowledge to make you wise because the, the wisdom that comes from God will show you that wisdom is actually meaningless here on earth. You can have all of these wisdom, but it's always going to go right back to God. All right. You can study whatever it is that you want to study and, and be able to live whatever life that you're, you're thinking that is going to be suitable. But really, in actuality, you still want to have to go right back to God. Everything ultimately begins and ends with God. So it doesn't matter about, you know, like, oh, um, you know, like I was, I was reading some stuff today and I was just thinking like, it is so much going on in society today. But really what happens is it starts with God and it ends with God. So it doesn't matter about the process in between. You are going to start out with God and you're still going to end with God. So it doesn't matter what level of fluctuation you're at with your socioeconomic status, your, you know, like your, um, your level of income, your level of education, the size of your bank account, your size of your house, the type of cars you drive. None of that matters because what happens is it's going to start with God and it's going to end with God. So really, all of the knowledge and all of the wisdom that you have, you can try to, you know, increase what you have. Or when you really, really have the wisdom that comes from God, you will understand that wisdom isn't about what you can do for you. It isn't about what you can do to increase it isn't about how wise you can become and how much knowledge you can fill your mind. How many words is attached to your vocabulary? How many languages you speak? It's all meaningless. Because you're going to begin with God and you're going to end with God. It's that simple. So if you, you do all of these things in the mix of you getting from the beginning to the end. And it's meaningless. Because guess what? Everything that we work for, everything that we do. Previous generations will not ever really be able to see it. Like just say five generations of it doesn't really matter. It, however many you want to say. Previous generations don't see five generations ahead usually. And current generations will never be able to understand what is happening 10 generations ahead of them. So really, most people are only concerned about themselves. 
So they're concerned about what is happening in politics currently. And anything negative, they're going to push off to the next generations to come to deal with all of those negatives. So it's really meaningless. Because if you're not doing things from an authentic place of genuine, of having integrity and having morale, it's all meaningless. And it's so meaningless because you can really think that like, okay, you're wise, but really a wise person is just a smooth talker, a smooth talker. So who cares about all of these philosophical beliefs when it really is going to start with you understanding God? And you ending in understanding who God is. Because, listen, this is the Bible is coming to pass. There is no way to avoid it. What will be, will be. There is no avoidance in that. So um, I was reading um, some scriptures last night, uh, and and so let, I want to I want to talk about some of these here. Okay, let's go to Isaiah 40. I'm going to go to Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40 in verse 6 through 8. Um, It says, A voice cries. No, a voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass. And all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of our God endures forever. And so let me explain what this means. So, faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The flowers are going to fall. So, people in their faithfulness are going to fail. They're going to fail God. They're going to fall short of having faithfulness in God. That is what this scripture is saying. And yes, they have the breath of the Lord because God blows the breath of life on them. But the people are grass. The, the grass go withers. It could go back and forth. And the, the flowers are going to still fall. So what it's saying is people could change. And they could go, you know, they could turn into all these different things that they want to have faith one day. Then they don't. Then they choose God. Then they don't. They love people. Then they hate them. They care. And then they don't. 
they control and then they dictate, then they don't want to. So God is saying, look, they the, the faithfulness, their faithfulness are like the flowers of the field. They will fall. So people are going to fail God. If they fail God, what makes you think they're not going to fail you? It's not saying that you go around and you dislike people or you hate them. No, absolutely not. What you do is you pray for people and you understand that we are all going to fail. And we all have fallen short of the glory of God. But that doesn't mean that we cannot allow God to have control over our lives. Our faithfulness do change. And some people, when they when they have faithfulness in God, they, they fail God. And they keep doing different stuff. But that doesn't mean that you have to keep on living that way. So people are like the grass. And all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. Because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of our God will endure forever. So it doesn't matter. Everyone has to start with a beginning and an end. That beginning, you're going to accept God or you're not. You know, that's just simple as that. You know, it doesn't matter about your socioeconomic status, your level of income, how big your house is, your cars, or any of that. What really matters is, in the beginning, we, we, we have to deal with God. And in the end, we have to deal with God. So that's the point of understanding things. And when people are considering themselves to be wise, we see that wise people are soothsayers. They're sorcerers and, and oriental scientists, according to the Greek and Hebrew word for wise men. So we shouldn't be out here calling ourselves wise. Um, in Hosea 4 and 6, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. See, it's like when God tells us something in his word, he's telling us everything that we need to know. So you don't want your heart to be turned hardened like God had hardened the heart of Pharaoh. God has hardened the hearts of people because he abandons them to their desires. So if you choose to desire these things that God doesn't want you to desire, but you keep on thinking that, okay, well, you thinking that this is right. But in actuality, it is not right. That is not what God wants you to do. So God doesn't want us thinking on the terms of our own level of understanding. He wants us to think in terms of the way that he wants us to understand things. So if you turn your Bible to Isaiah 5 and 13, it says, Therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge and their honorable men are famished are uh, famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. Okay, so what this means is that people are in captivity, right? They're not just in captivity, um, like physically. Spiritually, they're in captivity. They are in captivities also in their minds. That's why God says that, like, like let's go to another scripture. This, um, okay. So 
So if we also look at um, 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, it says we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And so we need to do this because sometimes our thoughts are in captivity. Because like I said at the beginning, your thoughts, everything starts with a thought. So as you, as a man thinking, so is he, your thoughts is then conceived over into your mind. Your thought is something that is just like birthing something to be conceived into your mind. And once that is at conception, then guess what? Now you are going to have that as a part of your belief system. That's why God says, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that is something that God wants us to do. He wants our minds to be transformed. But I want to go back to Isaiah 5 and 13. People are gone into captivity. They, and let's look at this full chapter here. I don't want to just look at this one verse. Um, so I was left off on verse 13. Uh, but let's look at, yeah, I guess that, that verse sums it up. It has different uh so sequential verses that is separate um i usually like to just read whatever is before or after and so let's look at 12 through 14 um and so and the harp and the vial the tabret and pipe and wine are in their feast but they regard not the work of thy lord neither consider the operations of his hands so just because people have all, have all of these things in their hand doesn't mean that they trying to glorify God. Yes, you can you can go to church, but that doesn't mean that you live in your life in a way that is pleasing to God. Yeah, you could be uh, on the worship team, but that doesn't mean that you sitting up there pleasing God. Right? You can have all of these things, but that doesn't mean that you pleasing God. You you don't you want you want to make sure that when you're doing things, you're doing it in a way where it pleases and satisfies God. Not in a way where it is you're doing this to control other people or to dictate the lives of other people. No, you're doing it because this is what God wants you to do. You don't we don't control people. God doesn't control us. God did not control Eve. God did not control Adam. God did not control Abraham or Sarah. God did not control Jacob or Joseph. God did not control Paul. God did not control any person. No one. We have free will. I'm going to say it again. Free will. And so we can say that with certainty that God does not control us. God is not a dictator. He tells you what will be and it will be. He tells you what your options are and what will happen if you choose the wrong thing. God does not dictate. So whenever you're around anyone, it doesn't matter who they are. And they are dictating or trying to control or like basically sponsor these ideologies that make them, you know, uh, over important. When in fact they are not. So what this scripture is saying in verse 12 is that, look, they, they have the heart. They have all of these things. But guess what? They consider that they, they do not regard the Lord. 
in verse 13 therefore my people are gone into captivity so this verse actually interlaps with that one it, it intersects that because guess what people are in captivity because they think that okay because they have all of these things that they doing something for god but really what's in your heart like last week when i talked about i talked about how my desires for sexual intimacy was trying to supersede what god was telling me if it almost felt like as if i was having a withdrawal from sexual intimacy and so god has to intervene on my behalf and i had to pray to god and, and just like really really give authorization to the holy spirit to come into my heart and into my life because that feeling just kept coming up like in my thoughts and in my mind like okay well wait a minute i'm a child of god why am i thinking this way why am i thinking about fornication why am i thinking this way so it's because our flesh is already condemned to sin so your thoughts are always going to be sinful like even when you when you think you're doing something right you you could be completely wrong and so we as children of god have to acknowledge and understand like look we're wrong we're gonna be wrong you know when we go to bed and we're gonna be wrong when we wake up we have these conscious sins and we have these unconscious sins and so what that does, it disallows us to move forward. We cannot move forward without Christ. Yes, you think that you could physically move forward. Yes, you think that just because you buy this house or that house, and then you get this girlfriend and you, or you get that boyfriend or you get this wife or you get that husband, you think that you're satisfying a certain appetite that you have, but really, in fact, you're not complete those attachments does not make you complete your completion comes from god it comes from the holy spirit god will fill you up with the holy spirit in a way where you don't need all of these outside external attachments to internally make you happy yes you have a wife that is in addition to what god that's a blessing from god You know, the, the, you, with you being able to have a house, that is something that is a blessing from God. But if you lose the house, will you still be happy? If you lose everything, will you still be happy? Can you still serve God? And if you can't say yes to that, then that means that you're attached to all of the wrong things and you're not complete. That means that people are gone into captivity. Yes, they have all of these things, but they are in captivity as, as the scripture is saying in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter five, verses 13. So people are in captivity because they have no knowledge and their honorable men are famished. Honor, there isn't any honor anymore. Right now we have a society that is more so filled with a lack of integrity a lack of ownership and accountability no one wants to take accountability hey i was wrong no one is raising their hands standing at the front of the line saying hey i messed up i did this i was wrong what politician you know do that i have never seen one they do 
out of 40 years of my life. I have never seen it. I've never heard of it. So what I'm trying to explain here is this, that people are going to lack ownership and accountability. So they are in the captivity, you know. And so in order to get out of captivity, we have to have God, right? So it says their multitude is dried up with thirst. It's like they're going to be, they, people are always going to want this and want that and be thirsty for this. Like, oh, I want this job. Oh, I want this house. Once you get the house, once you get the job, then what is next? Once you get the wife, once you get the husband, then what is next? Once you graduate, once you sell on your book, once you do this, once your income increases, once you accomplish these goals, then what is next? So you set all of these goals for you to get this job and now you want this house and then you want this car. Then what are you going to do after that? So it's like, guess what? You don't need to move too fast. You don't have to attach your happiness to your lack of. Oh, I'll be happy once I get this car or I'll be happy once I get this house. Or I'll be happy once I get this job. Or I'm going to be happy once I once I have this and once I have this. I'm going to be happy when I have 100000 saved. I'm going to be happy then. No, no, no. You need to get up and be happy now with what you do have. If all you have is some noodles, make some spices on it. Put some butter. Season it good. Appreciate the noodles that you do have. If you don't have any cooking oil and you have butter, then go ahead and make it in butter and bake it. Put, add some water to it. Appreciate what you do have. Focus on now and what God has given you now. Because guess what? It says a multitude dried up with thirst. Multitude of many people. Many. Masses. They dried up with thirst. They're always going to want, want, want. Once you get one million, you want two. Once you get two, you want 10. Once you get 10, you want 50. But the problem is, is exactly what I said last week. Now, I wanted to make a distinction here. And I'm going to try to wrap it up at this. So once you become at a certain statue with, with your level of income, everyone can't go around buying up everything. Just because you have the money doesn't mean you can do whatever it is that you want to do. There are certain limitations that are in place. Everyone can't go out if, if you have fifth, if you have everybody who wants a, a social media app, then you have 5,000 different social media apps that are prominent in society. Every celebrity can purchase television stations, even though they have the money to do so. You understand? So let it uh, let it marinate. Let that marinate. Just because you want to buy a uh, shoe company doesn't mean you can have 50 Nikes running around. Because then you will mess up the fluctuation of the economy. And that, that doesn't, that's not called. They're not going to allow that. 
So people are in captivity to these material things. They're in captivity to always wanting more. They're, they're dried up with thirst. No matter how much, no matter how much they get supplied with what they need, they're still going to be dried up with more needs. Never being satisfied. And it's not just wealthy or rich people, it's also the poor. They feel like, oh, if I've obtained this, I'm going to be happy with that. If I get this, then I'll be happy. So it isn't about what you don't have. It's about what God has given you. You have the Holy Spirit. You have a mind. You have the ability to pray. In your mind, you can speak to God. In your words, you can speak to God. So, you know, God has given us every tool that we need to be victorious. Let me go ahead and go to verse 14. It says, therefore, hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure and their glory and their multitude and their pomp. And he that rejoices shall descend into it. So the people that are happy about all of these different things, you know, they happy about thinking that, okay, well, I could do this, even though they are in captivity. The Bible tells us if you if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. So let's let's be hungry for God. Let's be hungry for righteousness. Let's be hungry to please Him. Let's sit back and say, okay, I, I'm not I'm not going to make a decision without God speaking to me about this first. You know, I don't want to do this without having the approval of God. I want to walk in righteousness, no matter what that take. No matter what that may look like, I want to be in righteousness with God. I want to please God. I want to be faithful to God. Let that be your desire. Let us crave God's will in our lives. That is what we need. So that's what God wants us to do. So I'm going to end on that note and um, I will pick up this tomorrow. Um, let me go ahead and pray. I appreciate you all for joining me tonight. And I know it was kind of like, um, it was a long word today, but it's okay. If you all have any questions, please send me an email. Um, if you wanted to make a comment about the podcast tonight, please do go ahead and go back to the, the blog and put them in the comment section. Okay. And um, let's see. So let me go ahead and pray. Father God, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. We thank you so much, God, for just being able to give us your word today. I, I pray that we could just really, really grow in the maturity of understanding you, God. Allow our relationship with you to grow better. Allow us to be able to follow in righteousness and, and be led in righteousness at all times, God. So we just ask that you just give us traveling mercies to and from our destination, God, in a way where you give us mercy on the, on the things that is, you know, like on our way of life, God. Allow us to change, God, immediately, God, shaking and awaking everybody in this world, including myself, Father God. Just uproot all of those things that is within us that is not favorable in your sight god take it up out of us uh, replace it god let us be able to fulfill the things that you want we desire you let us crave you god whatever it takes god just just go ahead and intervene in our life god 
intervene god intervene give us miracles in our life whatever it takes god for us to have a soft and heart and be obedient to you from our bloodline to the next bloodline and generation to generation a generation to come god we just thank you right now that you bless us we bind and cast down and rebuke generational curses from our life god we thank you right now we cancel every satanic tongue spoken against us we rebuke every word curse spoken against us in jesus name we thank you god that your word and your plan is being fulfilled in our life but most importantly god we just thank you that your plan will and purpose will be fulfilled god so please pivot us to exactly where we need to be we give you every single problem and we lay it at your throne and we thank you in advance for handling all of our affairs for us every single situation for us every discrepancy for us every allegation for us god we thank you right now that your word is manifested in our life and we are living proof of what your glory is god let your glory be made possible through us god use us in whatever way that you need to god we just thank you right now in advance for your love mercy and grace being so prevalent in our life god and so we just thank you and we give you glory praise and honor in jesus name amen all right thank you all for joining me i will see you all tomorrow you have a good night